One of the, the main things that kind of the Lord used a lot in my life was when I got to high school, my freshman year, um, some of you may know, uh, my mother was struck in a crosswalk and she was killed uh, by a delinquent driver. Well, just want to say thank you to those of you who just joined us. Um, this is a new series that I am taking on. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. And uh, the idea came up like last year, the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And it was just when Richard and I was, uh, we were facing um, a trial, which, you know, was still going, but... <laughs> he will give a little bit more information about that in a little bit. Um, and in, in that trial, I just, um, I was just hearing so many stories from other believers and especially from our church. So both of us, we are members of Grace Community Church. And um, to me, just hearing the stories of all those people and friends that share trials that they were facing, it was very encouraging to me, especially through that time. It was a time um, where definitely our faith was really tested. And also, uh, I think it, it gets to a point, you know, that you feel so overwhelmed and you just feel like desperate at sometimes or dealing with anger or uh, questioning and all those things like, like, what is, why is this happening to, to me? And so... Um, just, just listening to those believers story, it just really encouraged me. And I, one day I was just thinking, Hey, I think it would be really cool if we could just sit down and listen to the testimonies of different people. So I shared the idea with Richard and I started working on developing that project. And I seen that, you know, his trial with his health and, um, very supportive and just uh, encouraging me and um, telling me to just, you know, go for it, do it. Um, and as I'm writing the idea for this project, uh, he will input his ideas. And also I had other friends from church who will uh, listen, uh, who will read it and also give me their input and just kind of giving me their ideas and just kind of, you know, it was like a whole collaboration from everyone. And the reason why it's because um, just like I said, just listening to other people's story not only encourages us, but it also just reminds us of the Lord's faithfulness, His love for us, but also His mercy and also the power of His Word, that His Word transforms our lives. It's, um, you know, and I think I, I am just so thankful that I will see, hear the stories of those people and then I will see them serving at our church. And I was encouraged to just see them uh, out there serving at the church and just, you know, being faithful to the Lord, even though that they themselves were going through those trials. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I, I started, like I said, I started working on that and put it together. Um, and um, it was recently that I was like, because Richard reminded me, <laughs> he was uh, talking to, to his coach from a master's university and he mentioned the, the idea that I had. And, and then I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've been working on that. Uh, so why now make it into uh, a series of just like life videos on Instagram and Facebook 
where I can just sit with different believers who can share how the Lord took them out of darkness into light, you know, like how uh, the, the, the gospel transformed their lives, but also how the Lord through his word have uh, helped those people to face hardships and um, to encourage others who are facing those trials. I mean, even for us, just our church, just seeing the love of Christ uh, through the church has been such an encouragement. People just reaching out to us saying, we're praying for you or sending us Bible verses or letting us know that they're just here for us. And I just, that's what I hope, you know, I hope that by just listening to to the testimonies of these people, that you will be encouraged. But also my prayer and my hope is that if you don't know Christ, then you will come to know him through this testimonies that you was that you will hear of the power of the word of God. And for us to understand that there is nothing that we can do to make ourselves uh, get a place in heaven with the Lord or make the Lord like us or anything. No, that is all through Christ. Christ is the one who died for us and is the only one who has the power to transform our lives. But also it's the one who gives us the strength when we are facing those trials. And uh, to begin the series, I thought that it would be just fitting to have my fiance, Richard, to share his testimony and just to also give you guys a little bit of the, you know, an update or of what's, uh, what has been happening this couple of months. And uh, first of all, also thank you to all of you who have been praying for us, who have been just um, encouraging us through this time and, you know, and just... Um, sending us text messages or probably even like cards sending yeah. us to uh, yeah all of the above yes so thank you so much for all of you who have been praying for us and um as we go on this series i would love for us to uh think of or meditate on this uh passage from romans 5 6 to 8 and uh richard, uh, richard will be reading the passage for us it's something that I just want I just want you and I to be thinking as we listen to the stories of this people, the testimony of this people. So if you can make yeah. it So uh, Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And this is exactly where we're going uh, all this, uh, the stories um, that we're going to be listening. Just the, the power of the cross, just the power of um, Christ's death at the cross for us. Um, that is the only way that we can have that peace between men and God. And so I would like us, I would like you, Richard, to probably just, um, probably just share with us a little bit about your upbringing, your family, and um, how did you come to, to hear the gospel for the first time? Yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, I grew up in what I would say was a highly moralistic home. Um, we, we were brought up knowing kind of about Jesus. You know, we, we had heard, I mean, everyone's kind of heard who Jesus was, you know, kind of like very base level kind of like, okay, he's the guy who came and died for our sins and, 
that was kind of the extent of of our of my knowledge of God um, and yeah uh, the one of the the main things that kind of the Lord used a lot in my life was when I got to high school my freshman year um, some of you may know uh, my mother was struck in a crosswalk and she was killed uh, by a delinquent driver and at the time uh, I was pretty much uh, an atheist uh, and the Lord used that he didn't call me to himself then and there uh, but the Lord would use that event to lead me to him and, and to the Master's University. And um, I didn't hear the gospel and I didn't really come to Christ uh, for the next three years. Um, senior year came and it was time, for those of you who don't know me, I, I ran cross country and track and field. And so I had to send out my resume to college coaches because I wanted to run in college. And so one of my coaches at my high school, he was a Christian, and his daughter went to a, a little private university called the Master's University up in Santa Clarita. And so I'd always heard about the Master's University. He was always talking about his daughter and, and how well she was doing. She was a basketball player. And so when it came time to send my resume out, I mentioned Master's University. And he told me that it was a Christian university and it was private. And I was like, I, you know, I was okay with those things. I was like, you know, I, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, I, I know who Jesus is. I'm a good person. You know, I, I believe in God. I'm, I'm going to heaven. So, so why not try it out? And so we sent my resume out. And I remember getting a call one day after practice, I, I had just been picking up and I got a call in the car from this guy named Zachary Schrader and he's the coach at Masters University. And I remember just after the call, I just remember being so excited and just feeling, you know, just kind of wanted because the, there's this coach that was really interested in me uh, going to the Masters University, at least for a visit. And so uh, I went on a recruiting trip to Masters University and it was just the most amazing thing ever the the atmosphere on campus was just everyone was just so kind and like happy and joyful you know for the most part of course you know uh, people are going through college life and so not everybody is like you know experiencing that you know yeah. but uh, one of the things that stuck with me that I think is just uh, an interesting representation of of the, the people that were at Masters University was, uh, I went to a public school of about 4,000 students. And if you left your, your things on the floor for 30 seconds, you would, you would come back and something was gone. You know, either the whole backpack was gone or your phone was gone. And something that stuck with me was that when I went to the Masters University on this recruiting trip, they have these cubby holes on the first floor below their cafeteria. And people would just go and they would just drop their belongings in those cubby holes. And that was just completely up. There was no one guarding. There's no one watching the cubby holes. And it's a really small thing and it's kind of funny, but for whatever reason that stuck with me because I knew that the student body at this 
this place was just completely different than what I was used to because, you know, no one was going in there and stealing anything. Um, and the team was great. I remember uh, the love that the, the people on the team had for one another was just distinctly different than anything I had really experienced. Um, and especially coming from my home where, you know, the Lord had kind of broken up that family unit, you know, with, with the taking of my mother, is just the, the love that those guys and those girls had for one another just, just stood in such stark contrast. Uh, and I, I, I really remembered that. And after leaving, after leaving that recruiting trip, I just knew that the master's university was where I wanted to go. I had decided that uh, if I wasn't accepted to the master's university, I was just going to like join the military. I didn't want to go to any other colleges. Uh, I just, they, the university left an impression on me. And more importantly, I think it was the people that left an impression on me. And I didn't know what it was at the time, uh, but I would come to know that is because they were really serious about their faith in Christ. And they were really serious about, yeah, about the Bible. And anyhow, I had to fill out an application for the Master's University. That was the next step. And there's something uh, called a testimony that was required. And I had no idea what that was. I didn't know what a testimony was. I didn't know what salvation was, sanctification, and all these things were being asked of me in this application process. And so uh, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in God. So I just have to use this Christian vernacular to describe my experience, what I've experienced. And so I went online and I basically did research on all those different things. And uh, I came up with a testimony, which again, I, you know, it, it wasn't me lying. It was just me kind of like, okay, how, how do I take the events of my life and then use these words to kind of describe that? And so my first draft was uh, salvation based off of works. So, uh, you know, you work your way to heaven. And for what, and I gave that, that draft to one of my coach's daughters because she was just kind of proofreading things for me, helping me along with the process. And for whatever reason, it didn't really sit right with me. I just, in my mind, I just kept on thinking about, okay, well, does it really, does that even make sense? And for whatever reason, I think it's the Lord just working in my heart even back then before he'd saved me and just showing me that, no, you can't go to, get to heaven based off of how good of a person you are. Mm -hmm. And so it, it wasn't sitting right. And so I went back online because that's all I had at the time. I didn't even have a Bible. Um, and I did some more research and I found, uh, some page talking about salvation, uh, by faith through grace. And I revised my whole, uh, my whole testimony because that just made a lot more sense to me. And I remember going to school the next day and my coach's daughter came to me and she told me, Hey, uh, I have a few verses that I think you should look at. And I knew right away it was it was about this this part of my testimony of salvation based off of works. And I told her immediately, I was like, yeah, you know, that, that part didn't really sit right with me either. And so I did some more research and I ended up changing it to this and I gave her my new copy. Anyhow, finished the application process and by God's grace, I was accepted. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to this day, maybe it was someone in the admissions office was just feeling kind of, I don't know, <laughs> the, the, anyhow. I get accepted, 
and I, uh, we end up going as a team to a cross-country training camp in Mammoth for three weeks. And it was during this training camp that uh, I really heard the gospel for the first time. It was the first time I was studying the Bible. Uh, and we were going through a book that was all about lukewarm Christianity. And along with this book was a like video series where the, the author would just kind of give some, like the synopsis of the, the, the chapter and just kind of give uh, you know, thought-provoking questions and things like that. And it was during this time that I was just surrounded by just God's creation and just this wonderful place. And going through this book that I understood for the first time that I wasn't really a Christian. You know, I said that I believed in God and, you know, I knew who Jesus was, but I didn't understand what it meant for Christ to be my Lord and Savior. You know, I understood the Savior part and I liked that, you know, oh, believe in God and I got to go to heaven. <laughs> but I didn't understand what it meant for Jesus to be my Lord. I, I had no, I had no clue. And I remember being in just a small group with a couple of other guys, um, Josh, Michael, and Andres. I won't give their last names. I don't know if, you know, I didn't get permission or anything. <laughs> but um, I remember being this, in this small group with them and just being outside on this patio and just praying to the Lord uh, that he would save me. And just having that realization that I needed Christ, that I was in need for a savior, um, and that there was a guilt that I could never repay that there was no way that I can earn my salvation based off of anything that I did. And I just remember praying to the Lord that he would save me at that moment, and he did. And yeah, that was a great time. That was a great time. I, uh, the next Sunday, we uh, went to a little church in Mammoth, and I remember the pastor preaching on the account of the Ethiopian eunuch. And for those of you who don't know, uh, essentially, there was this man that heard the gospel explained to him for the first time, and he immediately wanted to make a public declaration of his faith. And he immediately wanted to be baptized. And he was in this carriage. He had it explained. And he looked off, like, to, on the side of the road. And there was, there was a body of water. And he was like, okay, I want to be baptized right now. And that stuck with me. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about it for the next, like, three or four days. And I went to my coach. And I told him about... I mean, I, I, you know, I essentially told him, you know, my little mini testimony and that the Lord had saved me and that I couldn't stop thinking about this account of the Ethiopian eunuch and that I wanted to be baptized. And he was hesitant at first because he, he, he wanted to make sure that I understood. He wanted to make sure that I understood that, okay, this baptism isn't your salvation. You know, that you don't need to be baptized to be saved. And he just wanted me to understand that, you know, a baptism, yeah, your baptism is, you know, a public declaration of something that's gone on in your heart uh, and, and something that's, you know, occurred between you and the Lord. And so once he was sure that I, I actually understood, uh, we, we planned for me to give my testimony to the team uh, and then get baptized. And that ended up happening in Mammoth. Uh, I think it was, I don't remember what day it was. 
I'm bad with dates. <laughs> but we went to this beautiful place called Rainbow Falls, and we found a place just a little ways down the river. Uh, and I gave my testimony to my teammates, which was the only church body that I knew at the time. And um, I had my coach baptize me just in the river. Um, and yeah, it was, it's a really, really, really fond memory. And yeah, looking back on that first, one of the, you know, the first big trial of my life with losing my mother, uh, I realized how the Lord had used that trial, even as though it was such a horrible uh, thing to happen. I, you know, I saw that the Lord had used it, you know, for me to really become involved in running and then eventually, you know, pursue running at the collegiate level. And it, it was just, yeah, just this wonderful picture of just how the Lord can use even the most horrible things to glorify himself and to bring people to him. And so the Lord saved me. And that first year at Masters was just wonderful, you know, uh, just really just like diving deep into the Bible, you know, taking multiple survey classes. Um, and yeah, it was great. I remember just everything going smoothly. Um, my second semester, I remember doing something that I wouldn't recommend most people do. And that was... I, I prayed for trials. And the reason I did that was because I just felt like my faith hadn't been tested. Uh, and yeah, you know, the Lord, the Lord answered my prayers. And uh, that summer after my freshman year, uh, we found and my family found out that my dad had a malignant brain tumor. And that was the first big trial of me as a, you know, as a believer, you know, enduring something. And I'm so thankful that the Lord saved me before that event occurred in my life. Because, you know, again, looking back, uh, when my mother passed away, I didn't have anyone to turn to, you know, I couldn't turn to Christ. I, the only thing I could do was turn to the world and, and what it had to offer. Uh, and, you know, that, that meant, you know, just getting in, in trouble at school or whatnot, um, or getting involved with, with people that I shouldn't have. And I remember the Lord just showing an enormous amount of grace towards me uh, when my father eventually passed away, um, which was the spring semester of my sophomore year. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not sinless. Um, you know, I did struggle with things, but I remember the Lord just really helping me initially with dealing with that. And uh, I'm so thankful that, you know, I could turn to Christ again, uh, that I, I had a Lord and Savior that would not abandon me and that I could hope in. And so that was the second really big trial of my life. And after that, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing. You know, sanctification is sometimes a really hard process. And the Lord continued to sanctify me. I ended up graduating from Master's University. And I remember getting this wonderful job, um, you know, just, you know, having the job. You know, you know I, I got a new, a new car. Um, you know, I met a wonderful woman. Uh, and everything just seems to be going right for me. And 
the Lord brought a, a new trial into my life, and that's the trial that I've been going through the last uh, seven seven months now. About around seven months. About yeah. seven months. Um, so the year after I graduated in January, so January of 2019, uh, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, uh, and it, it might actually be Crohn's, but the doctors don't really know. Anyhow. Uh, I, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and initially my symptoms weren't too bad. I wasn't worried about it. Uh, but over time things just continued to get worse and worse and eventually got to the point where I was basically, I was hospitalized for a week and then I was sent home and then I was homebound really, uh, for the last seven months. Uh, and you know, it was during that time that the Lord really, stripped uh, a few things from me you know I I lost that financial stability that I had um I lost my physical health um and looking back it's it's it reminds me a lot of uh Joe obviously it's different than Job and what he went through was was so much more radical but um just looking back to how the Lord had taken a away kind of like the family unit that I have it was just like those all those things that Job had gone through um it seemed that I was going going through it to much lesser extent obviously um but uh and the Lord used that to just uh, give me comfort when I was reading through Job excellent book um and yeah I mean during this time the Lord really taught me how to depend on him in an even greater way to really uh, just rest in knowing that God has a plan. And even though we have a plan, uh, his is so much better. And at the end of the day, he will glorify himself and he'll use all events um, for his glory glory. Yeah, and for his good. And so um, recently I, uh, well, recently... God uh, provided a, a way, or I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Uh, he provided uh, a, a road to relief, and I had a really life-changing surgery, and I had my colon removed. Which really, I mean, it solves it. It, it solves ulcerative colitis. Um, Without getting into too much detail, ulcerative colitis, there's too many white blood cells in your colon. And so it attacks itself and makes ulcers and just makes life really miserable after that. And yeah, I, uh, I, I went to the doctors and uh, we had you know, many talks with you know, surgeons and uh, my gastrointestinologists. And we decided that the best route for me moving forward was to remove the colon and so that was two weeks ago Mm -hmm. that was two weeks ago uh and even though this trial hasn't really concluded you know i still have a long road to recovery um the lord has brought me through the worst of it and yeah there are so many different things that I could share that the Lord has taught me through this time. 
Um, you know, the Lord really, sometimes during trials and through difficulty, the worst of you is brought out. Um, and, you know, I'm just thankful that I had that opportunity. And even though it was so difficult, I'm thankful for the things that uh, the Lord has shown me that I need to work on and the things that he's taught me just of his sovereignty, um, of our need to rely on him. Uh, during all times, not just when everything is going well, but especially when things are going really poorly. And yeah, recovery's gone really well so far. Um, you know, I can see myself improve every day, which is, uh, it's really wonderful. It's really great to see um, because, you know, normally when you're you're working out or you're going on walks or runs or whatnot, you don't really see... <laughs> You don't really see any improvement for a long time, um, but I was just so weak that each and every day is just another gift. Um, and yeah, I'm just super thankful that uh, I can really appreciate the small things like being able to eat food, <laughs> being able to go outside and go on a walk and just enjoy God's creation was something that I, I wasn't able to do for such a long time. Um, and because of that, you know, I kind of just appreciated that much more. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my life story and testimony and just journey with Christ. And, uh, you know, through kind of like the major events in my life that, you know, God has used to sanctify me and to, you know, conform me more into his, his image. And, um, and yeah. did, did, I, did I forget anything big? I forgot um, some vague things. I sometimes forget some things. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I think, you know, for the two of us, it's been uh, the past couple of months, it has been a time to just draw closer to the Lord. I feel like uh, Pastor John or, or always says, you know, like, you should be thankful for trials because <laughs> that's the Lord allowing you to see the kind of faith that you have. I'm not saying that we like trials or that we enjoy trials. Of course not. But it is true that it is a time where we all get to see the kind of faith that we have. Is uh, our faith firm in God? Or is it a faith that once the trial comes, it just fades away? You know, um, it also is a time where we get on our knees and we just cry out to the Lord because we understand that we do not have control over anything. And I think it is clear that for all of us right now, even through this quarantine, <laughs> this is a reminder for all of us. We have no control over anything. The only one who has a control over everything, all creation, it's the Lord himself. And if that's something in it, I think that for, for me, that's one of the things that I I've always heard, you know, we always said, oh, yeah, the Lord is in control of everything. But once you're like in a trial that nothing changes, like I was just like there were times that I would find myself like, Lord, when will this change? When will things get better? And it was just a reminder of I am powerless. I can't change my situation. I couldn't make him better. I couldn't make, you know, make his pain go away. He was like in daily pain and um, sleepless nights. And I think something that I, I think through this experience, the Lord has taught me just to appreciate the little things, 
like the other day we or, or lately we've been going on walks in the afternoons and uh and and for me that is i mean it's the greatest gift because for the longest time we weren't able to go on walks or you know anything anything do anything really um even for him even to be able to go to church there were times that he wasn't able to and you know it's just a reminder that god is the one who is in control god is the giver of life he is the one who gives and takes away and we depend on him he is the the only one who can give us the strength that we need he is the only one who can give us a hope you know in this hopeless world really and i want to go back to something that you said before i want to read a passage um i think it was very interesting something that richard said in uh at the beginning before he thought that he was just a good person i'm good enough so therefore i'm going to heaven right that's what we yeah. all think we think well you know i haven't killed anyone oh you know what i yeah i haven't done like something terrible so that means if i do something good here and i help this person uh give them some money or help this someone in need then i will be safe no you're not saved by that yes praise god that you're doing that yet we're called to do good works but it's not what um give us salvation and we're not no one is good and uh psalm 14 says uh, the fool says in his heart there is no god and then going to verse 2 the lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek after god they have all turned aside together they have become corrupt there is none who does good not even one so the bible basically clearly says it right there's no one who does good. There is no one who can even decide that I'm going to go and seek God. God is the one who has to come and call us, give us even to 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 have faith in him. It has to come from him. So therefore, I can't save myself. The only way that I can be saved is through Christ. And I think that's what we read also in Romans 5, 6 to, uh, to 8, right? Yeah. That it is through Christ, only through Christ that... Um, the price that he paid at the cross for all of us that's the only way but not because I'm good in fact the Bible says that there is no one good no one um, so um, yeah I think that was uh, uh, something that I wanted to look back to that you mentioned but now I would love for you to so I know that you mentioned um, so when your mom uh, was killed um, so you were not a believer at that time and but then when your father passed away then you were a believer at this point so how would you say how would you say um that you were how did you handle the trial differently and you know comparing the two the, the those seasons of your life where you're not a believer but then now being a believer how would you say that it was different the way that you uh face that trial? right yeah well i mean ha- having a uh savior and a, and a lord that you can look to during that time to for strength you know for support makes you know all the difference you know knowing that you're not you're not alone and you never are um and yeah that's that was the the big difference you know uh because before it's like you're alone you know when you're you, you don't believe in christ someone dies it's kind of 
it's a very dark time. You know, you don't really know where they're going, or it, it, you might believe that they're just kind of gone, you know, just mm-hmm. will-o'-the-wisp, but just... And so, you know, having hope uh, and having faith, it, it makes all the difference. Yeah, exactly. That our hope doesn't come um, from us, but it's from Christ and uh, from His Word that we constantly go to. Um, now we are a reminder that we're not facing our trials alone, but it's the Lord Himself who gives us the strength and help us through the trial. Um, is there a hymn that you, that I don't know, that you like to go to, that you like? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> I have this, there's lots of different hymns. Um, what is the one while I draw this fleeting breath? Mm-hmm. I, I know which ones you told me that you liked before. She told me to to, to think of a hymn I before, told him ahead of time, and he didn't, so... <laughs> I know that you said that you like. I think it's. Inc- I'm, I'm pretty sure the. Or something like that you like that th- one. Yeah, but I think the one that I'm thinking of is in Christ alone. Oh, okay, in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And the, I don't know if it's like the stanza that I think of the most is, uh, when I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyes shall close in death. Um, when I rise to worlds unknown and behold thee on thy throne, it's just. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, dealing with those trials and dealing with that kind of loss um and just remembering that you know when we die it's not like it's not true death you know we will die and then we will join the lord in heaven uh yeah and that's it's just um it's just an incredible example of just that hope and that hope in, in, a, in a future, in an eternity where we are worshiping the Lord and we are with him. Um, and yeah, that reminder that, you know, death isn't forever. Yeah. So. Well, Rock of Ages. I, I saw that someone that's, yeah. Oh, is that it? Rock of Ages? Yeah, well, okay. no, no, no. The one that, well, uh, someone said that she likes um, uh, Ruth. She said that she likes that one. But I remember that you told me that you loved that hymn before. I love them all. Yeah, <laughs> he has I many. And um, through the these trials or through any previous trials, what is your Bible verse to go to or Bible verses yeah. that you like so, to go to? So uh, I have one that is really special to me that I have gone gone to since you know since I was at Masters, and that's Romans, uh, also chapter five verses one through five. The the verses right before. Uh, the one that we Will read you read it for us? Yeah. So he's going to read it for us, um, Romans 5. I already have it. And he I has it ready. Before. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so. Let me just look for something and then we can. Okay. All right. Uh, so therefore, uh, since we have been justified by, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And, yeah, I love this verse. Um, It's just 
a wonderful reminder that, you know, the Lord is using uh, the trials that we go through to sanctify us. Um, and also that, you know, we have a God that will not abandon us. You know, he's with us always. Um, and yeah, this is the verse that I go, that I've gone through, um, over and over, uh, through the years. And it's really helped me get through, um, those tough situations. Yeah. So, and, um, I think, uh, for me through this time, from the moment that we started facing that trial and even to now, uh, with this pandemic that we're going through, sometimes it can be very overwhelming and, you know, uh, we can get anxious sometimes. And it's like, we need to constantly remind ourselves that the Lord is the one who control all things. And even this pandemic, it is the Lord who has allowed it for a reason. We don't know the reason and we don't need to know it, but it is him who controls all things, right? Yeah. If we do, God is sovereign over all things. And for me, uh, also, um, so the, uh, I, I go to uh, Every Woman's Grace. Uh, this is a group of women in um, Grace Community Church. And we've been studying through Romans 8, uh, through Romans, through the book of uh, Romans. And, and it's been just very a very sweet time just going through each chapter. But even also to be reminded of uh, these verses. And it's uh, Romans 8. Uh, 28 to 29 and we've heard it so many times but it was for me going through this trial with Richard it was a time that I really just prayed to the Lord Lord please help me believe this in my heart to really treasure this in my in my heart and I just say it as if it was just simple words but no this is your word and this is uh, what you tell us right so um, it's uh, Romans 8 28 to 29 and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Just going to bring up to that. Um, but that verse in itself, uh, like I said, we've, we've hear it, we hear it so many times. And it was a verse that I will constantly just try to, to meditate on it and to really pray to the Lord to make me believe that. That all things work together for good. Whether it is the trial of Richard whether it is the part that he lo he lost his mom, he lost his father, it all works for our good. Even if in the moment we can't really see it because of our pain and suffering in that moment, even this pandemic, it will work out for our good. How? I don't know. The Lord knows, right? Yeah. He's working all things uh, together for our good. And um, I just hope that this can be something that you can go back to and just uh, meditate on it. Or Romans uh, 5, uh, how we were just reading as well. Um, well, thank you for yeah, sharing. Do you want to like... I will do a, re uh, a recap. questions? And... Yes. So, so first of all, at the beginning, I was just uh, sharing with everyone a little bit about uh, this whole series, Ordinary People with Extraordinary, Extraordinary Lives where I will be sitting down with different believers who will be sharing, like Richard, their testimony, their story of how the Lord saved them, you know, call them out of darkness into light. And why ordinary people? Well, those are going to be just regular people like you and I, yes, who have uh, extraordinary lives, not because of the degree that they got or not because of the social status that they have, not because they have X amount of followers. It's not because of that. Um, 
it's because of Christ. The only good thing in our lives as believers is Christ. Because as we read in Psalm 14, no one is good. There is no one who does good. So the only good thing that we have is Christ himself. And that's why, you know, when I was thinking of like a title and that's something that we kind of did like a little puzzle, just like going, you know, different things that we will, that I would like to call it and have, and having Richard and other friends like giving me suggestions for me it was like, yeah, I think I want that. Ordinary people. These are just regular people, but before the Lord, you know, they have extraordinary lives because of Christ, because he has given them that life. Uh, so this will be just a series of just um, hearing the different story. Everyone has a different story, but what's the same? It's God's grace. God's grace, God's mercy, loving kindness in our lives. And that's the only thing that you will see. Or maybe there will be similarities in between, you know, the testimonies that will be shared here. But the only thing that remains the same is Christ. That the Lord was the one who saved us. Who was um, able to make, you know, to bring that peace between men and God through Christ with his death at the cross. And um, uh, next week, uh, so I will be going live again on Thursday at uh, 6 p.m. So Thursday at 6 p.m. So that will be California time, 6 p.m. And the East Coast, it will be 9 p.m., I believe. The East Coast will be 9 p.m. Uh, and Erica, Erica Seibert. So she will be here um, sharing her testimony as well. And she will be uh, speaking a little bit about her book uh, that she also just, uh, I think it was released last year or this year, her book. So uh, on, on loan from the Lord, for the Lord. On loan for the Lord. On loan. On loan for the Lord. On loan for the Lord. That's why I need you to help me out. But uh, yeah, so next week we will have Erica Seibert. Um, and then on Saturday at 3 p.m., I will be also with my sweet friend, Rhiannon Tellis, who will be uh, sharing her testimony. It's, uh, it's a remarkable testimony. Just um, She practiced Mormonism and then how the Lord just took her out of that and brought her like I called the page, out of darkness into light. Um, I'm looking forward for next week, and uh, I hope that you guys can join me. Uh, so Thursday at 6 p.m., uh, we will. Uh, I will be with Erica Cyber. Um, will you? Can you? What will you? How? What will you like to say to those people who probably are struggling whether they're safe or not? They're safe or not? So like probably they're questioning themselves like, oh man, where am I going? Oh, so many, so many things. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, the Lord is in control. Uh, and yeah, when you're going through a hard time, um, it's really easy to forget that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think just to remember that God has a plan. It's a lot better than ours. Uh, and, you know, with all things, whether you're, you know, anxious about something that's going on in your life or, you know, with, you know, this, uh, you know, pandemic, pandemic mm -hmm. and all that, all that. Um, yeah, God is in control and, um, you know, yeah, don't be anxious. And honestly, uh, all of our answers are in the word of God. That's exactly where you're going to find your answer. If you're struggling to know, hey, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Um, man, I, I don't think it can be saved. Well, start reading your Bible. Start reading your Bible. And 
I think that's the best place to go to uh, find your answers and to and I and I will recommend to start on John just to that's like the book that I feel like um, everyone should begin with um, just getting to know Christ getting to know your Savior getting to know why did he have to die on the cross for you and I and uh, the answer is here so for all of us And I just hope that you are also encouraged through everyone's story just um, to hear the different backgrounds. There will be stories that are people that have come from a very dramatic experience, but there will be other people that it's like, oh, you know what? I was, I had a normal life. I just, I, I was raised in a Christian home, but guess what? Even those people, they will tell you this, I needed a savior. And that's all of us. Whether you were born in a Christian home or not, we all We are all in need of a savior.